This episode of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Buffalonian Division of the Cast Horse Podcast Network, a podcast network built by Buffalonians for Buffalonians, featuring the Wings of Blue Cheese Podcast and the Buffalonian Podcast, with more shows on the way very soon. Find these shows wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or simply visit our website posted in the episode description. Now, without further ado, let's get into the Bills, Sabres, Hot Takes, and more. The Buffalonian Podcast. All right. Let's go. We are back with the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and as always, I'm joined by. Pointing week to be a Buffalo sports fan. Quick turnaround for the Bills, the Sabres. Um, talk about your teeth being stomped into the concrete by a horrible team last night. That's that's exactly what happened. Uh, I guess before we move into the Bills first, thoughts. That's all I have. On the week? Um, no, thoughts on just the game in the week, in the short week. That we'll pre- mean, wait, have- wait, hey, we got to do a preview in this episode. We won't do it for betting on the Bills. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, but it's a... It's a quick turnaround, which uh, can be a good thing, can be a bad thing. So, listen, it's a it's a tough situation to be in losing to a team that has won five. And the Bills, the only team, you know, the, the Bills really were playing two teams on Sunday, themselves and the Patriots. And when you play two teams at once, you know, two, a two-front war, you're probably going to lose. So, uh, yeah. they lost. Another slow and disappointing start for the Buffalo offense as well. Yeah. Uh, comments after from the coach where we don't know what's going on uh we got we got to figure out we got to find some answers there's a lot of questions out there and uh not a lot of answers so you know you sound like you sound a lot a lot like us during the series preview yeah a lot of questions to be answered and not a lot of answers to answer the questions at the present moment um quite unfortunate one would say it is quite unfortunate (laughs) it's a situation where i think the perfect play to describe it would be when the quarterback Wants to throw the slant, mm-hmm. but the linebacker jumps the route, and you have to throw in the second window. Yep. The Bills' first window is shut down. You mm-hmm. know, we're seven games into the year. The injuries have happened. Right. What are they going to do? Are they going to be able to find that second window to get that throw off, or are we going to get an incompletion? You know what I mean? Like, that's that's what it turns down to for the, the rest of the season for the Bills, is your first window is shut down. You did not get off to a good start. You were four and three. You've lost twice to a division rival on the road. You're one and two in the AFC East. You're it's one bad. and two on the AFC mm-hmm. East. You lost your London trip. You lost a lot of key starters defensively. Offensively, you're in turmoil. Yeah. Your first window throw is cut off. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna pump and you're gonna find force a second window to go open, or is that it? I mean, that's what it has to. But that, that's what it is. Is are the Bills going to make some moves to create a second window? Because I don't think. The Bills at their current roster realistically have a great chance of winning the Super Bowl. Yep. I 100% agree with you. Um, especially now, I mean, there's a lot. Dawson Knox is out now, right? So you're stuck with Kincaid. Just just Kincaid because Quentin Morris is also out. Deion Dawkins was restructured today, I believe, earlier. So it's about, it's $4 million. about $4 million. So um, I wonder what Bean is cooking, if anything, if that if that's... You know, maybe maybe a player they're going to grab with that four million. I have no idea, but you're right. 
this current window is still cracked and just allowing a small draft to come through. Um, whereas now we need to open that second window and really start getting some air pumping in here. Yeah, it's getting a little musty, as one would say. A, little, so. a lot of must. A lot of must. I mean, must is not good, and that's what we're smelling right now. We are very so. anti-must in this establishment. Anti-must at the Buffalonian podcast, but... But focusing, I guess I guess we'll go straight to the Dom 5, and then we'll talk more about the the Bills overall, but... Yeah, so. sounds good. I'm all set, the producer. Thank you. Also, I like the hat that you're wearing today. Thank you. You're welcome. So the first on the down five, uh, all phases failed. <laughs> special um, teams included. <laughs> special balls. So, I mean, listen, Tyler Bass shanks a field goal, completely shanks a field goal. Um, and they gave a big punt return, twenty-five yards. Defensively, you can't let Mac. Last weeks have been pretty bad defensively. I'm going to be honest. And mm-hmm. the last, you just can't let Mac Jones go. 75 yards and a touchdown to beat you. Max Jones had a .34 EPA per play, uh, which is really high, and his average depth of target was 3.3 yards. So it's not like he was pushing the ball down the field and killing you. It was like he was throwing all these swing passes and stuff. And the Bills just seemed really unprepared uh, for all that. And it's frustrating. Then offensively, you get off to the bad start again where they have no rhythm. And I think... There's really two things about the Bills, one offensively and one kind of a overwhelming thought that I, I kind of came, underrated thought, I would say, is one is the return game has not been good this year for the Bills. Damien Harris had the only really good return against the Raiders. Yeah. And it's a That's situation really where you had nine times last year. Obviously, he put two to the end zone, and he was really productive as a returner. And uh, that's I think that's really an underrated loss that I guess – his value as a returner, I underestimated. Right. Like, it was like, oh, okay, they didn't really use him offensively, like, shocker. But, like, you know, that, that, that we have better backs now, so it's maybe not a big deal. But I think him as a returner, like, we had Andre Roberts for all those years. Yeah, was Andre all, Roberts was a, you know, not He a was an all-pro returner. Yeah. So, I think losing that element in the return game hurts your offense because, I mean, having a good return game helps you get better field position. And it's not like... What's frustrating about this Bills offense, and this kind of leads to an overwhelming point, is that they're getting drives at, when they're struggling. Like, they're going 50 yards. It's like the lack of explosion yeah. um, is getting the drives killed. And also, I'm going to just say this. I think a lot of the blame on Sunday falls on Josh Allen's shoulders. I'm not disagreeing that Ken Dorsey deserves some of the blame, but I would say more blame falls on Josh because Josh missed Diggs for a 75-yard touchdown. He missed... Don Kincaid on a perfectly designed wheel route yeah. that he gets bailed out because he's a great actor and he's going to be nominated for the Oscars on that roughing the passer. Mm-hmm. He missed Diggs earlier, uh, uh, later. I think really right. I think right after the the deep bomb. I think he missed him for an easy fifteen yard completion as well. And a lot of the pressure on blitzes was just Josh. I, I, Josh trying to be t- doing too much because there's a blitz coming. Yeah. You're responsible. I think Dan Olosky, I would recommend anyone to watch the video. He had an NFL Live, I think it was yesterday, maybe it was today, about there is multiple plays where the the line slides one way. If the linebacker comes, that's the quarterback's responsibility, and there's Duncan Cade running a four-yard hot route or Khalil Shakur in the slot, and you had to you had to hit him. Mm-hmm. But Josh, for whatever reason, holds the ball and doesn't hit the, out, doesn't hit the hot route for whatever reason, and you get a negative play. Yeah. You get an incompletion in the red zone. You get a, a two-yard scramble. Like Those are the plays that like Josh is an elite quarterback. And, yes, 
You can't be doing that. But you can't be doing that. Like you gotta like that. That's not good football. And Josh did not play good football on Sunday, and he's he's a big reason why they lost the game. Right, and and we can say that we can say that and and still love Josh. Like I, Josh is still my guy. Anyone else is the quarterback. That is not what we're saying here. But he's not above criticism. No, absolutely not. And you know, to your point about yeah, it's on Allen, it's on Dorsey, right? I think you texted this in a group chat. There's a lot of blame pie to go around. In fact, it's all sold out, so they have to go on back order. Um, it's just, listen, it, this offense, I mean, if it's not Josh Allen overthrowing or whatever, we're dropping passes like in London, right? Like Dawson Knox, though, quote unquote, Dawson drops this season. I've seen that returning all over Bill's Twitter. Truthfully, He's getting surgery on his wrist. How big of a factor did that did that actually play in his catching ability? Had to have had to have done something. He's not. It's out of character for him at this point to be dropping passes like he was. In the passes he was dropping, not the easiest catches to make. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like I get it. He should two hands on the ball. He should have caught it. Even Diggs out of bounds in the end zone. That's a tough catch. He had two hands on it. People are arguing he should have had that. But you're right. Allen at this point missed those big plays. Is it? I mean, we know he has that that uh, shoulder issue after last week. Mm-hmm. Could that be playing into this? Sure. Am I going to make the excuse that oh, that's exactly what happened? No, we don't know. We have no idea. But could it be the shoulder injury just strained and weird? Maybe. Could be. I, I think what the Bills need to do, and I was anti the design run because I want to keep Josh healthy. But I mm-hmm. think now is a situation where I mean, you might not see it this week because it's a short week in the, the shoulder. Yeah. But I think Cincinnati is the week where they need to start getting some design runs because it's going to get him to lose some of that sh- little sugar high Josh where he's then going to be able to hit the hot route, I think. Yeah. I think that will make a, a heck of a lot of difference. Well, but. Also, I mean, just I feel like they're neutering him. I mean, for lack of a better term there, I, I feel like. He's got open field to run a lot of the time, and he, I, I, I don't know. I feel like he doesn't want to go past the line of scrimmage on a lot of this stuff, even though he still does sometimes. It's mm-hmm. these scrambling plays where, you know, he's known best for not design runs, making things happen on the fly, scrambling out of the pocket, running for 20 yards. We haven't seen a lot of that out of him this season, and I don't know whether or not that's because they're telling him, hey, we don't want, we don't want to risk injury at this point. We don't want to do that. Design runs I'm all on board for, but Josh Allen's at his best when a pass play goes completely wrong. He escapes pressure and rushes. That That's truthfully when we've seen him at his best rushing. And I think you got to see more of that. Unfortunately, that's your X factor. And yeah, it could cause injuries. Only injuries this guy's had have occurred inside of the pocket. Well, he also got concussed on the scramble. Technically. So, I mean, I don't, that's why I always understand when people are like, oh, his only injuries have been... I mean, His major injuries have been inside of the pocket, I would say. Like, I mean, he, he, has, he somehow didn't miss a game because the concussion protocol was weak in 2019, but yeah. he did get concussed running on a scramble play by New England, so... Yeah. I, 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 I mean, your, your point still stands. It's right. so valid. Yeah. But, because, like, the two elbow injuries he's had when he was in the pocket, but, like, people just like to brush that one side. But the, your, your overall theme is correct. Mm-hmm. It's, like, the same with most quarterbacks, but going to the... Number two of... Sorry, we, we dragged number one out for a while on that one. Apologize. Mm. That's all right. <laughs> Cook and Kincaid youth movement. Uh, Don Kincaid, 25 catches on 27 targets. That's over 90%. I believe that's the highest catch rate out of anyone that has over 25-plus targets on the year. Uh, I thought James Cook was really good this game. I mean, yes. The touchdown uh, was a play that really he made. I mean, one-on-one with the safety makes him miss and then drags the... DB into the end zone for the mm-hmm. touchdown. I thought he was really good. Um, 
this game, you know, getting extra, fighting through contact, mm-hmm. getting the extra yards, really using his shiftiness to get uh, extra yards. I thought he was really good in the receiving game. And then you wanted to see that after the last couple weeks too, yeah. out of him. And then with Kincaid, eight for seventy-five. I mean, fourth and two gets makes the play to move the sticks. I thought he was really good. I think this is going to be a big moment for Kincaid with Knox out. Mm-hmm. I would assume Knox is out a month. Like I don't. It's it, you're you're. We don't know tendons. Like it could you know, be anything. We've no uh, idea. The, the Bills have become like the, I don't know, the, the NHL. The, the NHL where it's like they have upper a, body. They have an upper body injury. <laughs> the timetable is we don't know. Like yeah. the Bills have always kind of operated like that, but now like even with Milano's injury, they're like being really secretive about. Yeah, he just had surgery. That's all we know, and he's doing well. They didn't really. Yeah, they asked McDermott that. about it today, and he's like, honestly, guys, like the athletic trainer will have to be better at explaining it. And I was like, dang, like, that's tough, but. Um, and also if Knox, I mean, man, I just like, we'll talk, we might talk about him in a second, but, uh, yeah. go, go into three of the Dom, three, Dom five, woo, three out of five, <laughs> uh, is the pass rush alive? I mean, Leonard Floyd was the number one player, I believe in week seven with pass run weight. I mean, I saw him a little bit. Obviously, AJ nearly gets to strip sack, but that was, yeah, he was so close. So it, close. It just felt like. It just felt like they couldn't get pressure on Mac Jones consistently. I mm-hmm. think Groot had a really uh, underwhelming game. As did um, Miller. And Miller only played six snaps right. and played in the second half at all. So you don't know what's going on with there. I mean, they said he didn't have a setback, but I, I think we need to tamper our expectations for Von Miller. I think we I, that's another thing I really un, underestimated was him coming off major knee surgery. At age 34, yeah. probably was going to be a lost season like we saw after Davius White. Mm-hmm. Uh, underestimated that uh, comeback that was there. But the interior defensive line just really brutal. I mean, got pushed back off the ball all game. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason why they signed I mean, people that complain about Ed Oliver's contract extension. That's why they gave him the money. You see a game without him, and you, you see, see what You see a happens. game without him, yeah. and everyone has to step up, and they don't. I mean, we, they didn't get really any interior pressure on Mac like, Jones. And it's not like the Patriots have, I would say, a upper echelon uh, interior no. offensive line. So they're an yeah, average offensive line. They're an that. average offensive mm-hmm. line mostly. So that was just it's just poor. I mean, it was just a poor day at the office, and it was a big reason why. I mean, listen, they, Mac Jones got the ball off quickly, so it's not fully on the defensive line. But no. even when he held the ball and there was opportunities to get to him, it just didn't feel like they were getting home. But well, you know what team did their studying because that's the most alive I've seen the Patriots. This season, well, it doesn't it doesn't help when you spot them ten points and right, give them yeah, the exactly. belief, of, give them an interception you know, in the first offensive drive. Yeah, yeah. It really, I believe, if the Bills went out and punched them in the mouth, they would have quit. But they didn't. They got punched, and yeah, I thought it was gonna be like the Raiders game. Oh, we'll let them go down and score once, and then just stomp them. But nope. Yeah, not, just not like... just a poor day. But Benford, I thought, played really well. Dane Jackson, just a brutal missed tackle on one play. Uh, I didn't think he was very good. Taron, I think, had his worst game in the last couple years. Uh, Hyde was alright. Poyer had a good game. It's good to ha- see him get back-to-back. Yes. Uh, really good games. Obviously, he has his forced fumble. So. Yeah, yeah, the punch-out. Um, listen, his knee, I think, was hindering him at first. And I think he's just been getting healthier and healthier and back into it. And his elbow too. It's just I listen. I think we're seeing Jordan Poyer emerge back with Micah Hyde back there. I think I think it's going to be. They're only going to get better together towards the end of the season as they get further in. That's that's my take on that. Going to number four. <laughs> Players need to play now. Think. I just think the I think the Bills are just really overthinking. Yeah. I don't know if it's over coaching per se, but 
it just seems like they're playing just so slow mentally that it's impacting them actually playing football. Um, how many times have we seen Josh Allen hit Cole Beasley on those hot routes for eight yeah. yards? Or yeah. even he was doing a little bit of Kincaid at times. It was like, all right, if you're able to do that, why aren't you able to do that? Why, why, are, you, why are you holding the ball? Like, yeah, paper cut. Just um, let him rip. Come on. Listen, I think, I think it's time where a couple things. One, the Bills need to rip the Band-Aid off of Josh a little bit. Get him some more design runs. Tell him to, hey, man, it's game time. Use your legs, like, if you need to. But mm-hmm. we be smart, which is right. Don't slide. Yeah, don't dive head first yeah. into a, a, defen- a I, linebacker. You know, two things can be true: is that you could be running more, but you have to be more. You, you could be running and smart at the same time. You don't have to be running and reckless. I think that's the thing that the Bills need to preach. They're just telling them don't run because they don't trust them. I think they need to employ some trust in them to say, like, go play, but. Yeah, got to play within the structure of the offense a little bit, you know, on the hot routes and stuff. Um, really excited, though, to see what Kincaid's going to do this next month. Yeah, uh, I think we're going to see the um, the birth of, of a, one of the greatest tight ends in the AFC. I, I really do. I think I we're going to see pop. it, but but I really like what Shakir has done mm-hmm. blocking. Uh, I thought he had another really strong game. Uh, I'm really excited for the Bills. I think they're going to get back maybe into a little bit more three wide receiver slots with a Kincaid, so I'm excited to see that a little bit. Yeah. Um, but they need to, listen, it's the same thing with the linebacker situation. It's frustrating to me that Dorian Williams gets benched. It's like you have a young rookie. I mean, at this point, my frustration with the Bills is this. The Bills have young players playing in certain positions. And if those young players struggle... The Bills are always usually the team that then benches the young player. They've always been like this. I don't understand why they do this. It makes me absolutely infuriated mm-hmm. that we have Tyrell Dodson playing meaningful snaps for this football team. We yeah, already no, know that he's not a good football player. Rough. And listen, Balen Spector, I think, injured his hamstring again. So I, I'm not going to pound the table saying he should get reps because I think he got hurt again. But we saw it with the Chiefs last year. The Chiefs... Last year, defensively, had a lot of ups and downs because they were playing a lot of young players. Well, guess what happened? Those young players got meaningful reps, experience, and by the end of the year, they won the Super Bowl. And this year, they're a top-five defense. Yep. That's my frustration with this Bills team is that they just have to let these young guys play. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, they can't. They just can't let these young guys play. Let Khalil Shakur play. Let Dalton Cade go out there and play. They, they have a long rope of Osiris Torrance. Osiris Torrance got dog-walked a couple times by Christian Barmore. Yep. We didn't see Ryan Bates come out there and start playing. Nope. Uh, they have been a, have a long leash with Spencer Brown. Spencer Brown also, by the way, had a really good game. And Spencer Brown is actually playing at like an average right tackle level. Yeah, he's he is, he's he's playing the Deion Dawkins of right tackle. Ever, like, that I, I, I wouldn't right. go that far because I think... I'm gonna go Dion's that better. I thought, yeah. I mean, Dion is well. No, Dion is better. Dion's like a, <laughs> a, a above average left tackle. Yeah, I wouldn't say elite left tackle. He's an above average left tackle. Spencer Brown's playing an average right tackle. We haven't heard Spencer Brown's name since week one. No, I mean that's a that's a heck of a good thing. When you're not hearing an offensive lineman's name, it's normally a a good a good a good thing, you know. <laughs> but like even with James Cook, like they're starting to give James Cook the role. I think. Yeah. I just I, I I'm frustrated by the fact that defensively, it's always the same thing defensively. Oh, you know, he was struggling. We were giving up plays. We took him out for, you know, an AJ Klein type or whatever. It's like, no, dude, 
keep in mind, this is the same stuff they did with Matt Milano in the 2017 season. Yeah, with, Mo- with, with Ramon Humber. They would, <laughs> Matt Milano did not pl- play like 50% of the snaps his rookie year because they kept putting in Ramon Humber. Guess who gave up the game-winning touchdown in the playoffs on fourth and goal to one to a crap tight end? Ramon Humber. Guess the reason why they lost the 2017 playoffs. Ramon Humber. So that that, 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 that name is wild. Yeah, I have yeah. not. I've not heard. I always have that rant. I always have that rant. I always have that rant. But this is my frustration. It's like, no, dude. Like, let you let Tremaine Edmonds play. Like, let Dorian Williams play. You're letting Terrell Bernard play. Terrell Bernard getting better every week. He was not good in week one. Got the turn in week two, but I thought he was all right. Week three explodes. Like, let Dorian Williams play. He's your best chance. To get good production from that position. Yep. I know it's like, oh, low floor, high ceiling, but like, heck, man, this team needs some ceiling at this point. Yeah. Defensively. Like, you're no, ceiling. Screw it. You're Throw ceiling the floor the out def- there yeah. and hope for the ceiling. That's what needs to happen. Like, seriously. I mean, that's like why I haven't fully given up hope on Kyrie Elam yet, is because, like, he's got a high ceiling. Dane Jackson's all right, but like, if Elam can just play like Elam, like, that could be a, at least a quality starting corner. So mm-hmm. if he could channel the dog in him, we'd be having a different conversation right now. It's just it's it's frustrating. It's it's frustrating to me. Yeah, uh, with all that. It's, I, it's also like we keep seeing Shaq Lawson gets all these snaps over Kingsley Jonathan. It's like Kingsley Jonathan showed flashes. Like mm-hmm. why is he in like five snaps a game? Like let's get Kingsley Johnson's more reps. It, it it is frustrating to me that this coaching staff. I don't want to blame it all on the coaching staff because a lot of it falls on the players as well. But the coaching staff's making some personnel choices that just are they're so rigid. It's like that varsity coach that doesn't let sophomores or underclassmen play and only plays juniors and seniors. Like mm-hmm. you got to play your gotta best play guys, mm-hmm. and you got to play the young guys to get experience. Because if they ain't gonna get experience, when are they gonna? When are they ever gonna get? They're experience? gonna experience warming up your bench, and then they won't be able to come in in a game time situation where they're needed and perform the way they need to. No. So you need to give them experience. Like that's big time. Going to number five. How will this team be remembered? Yeah, right. I mean, that's the, that's a million dollar I have question. Some thoughts on this. I'll let you cook. That's but. that. That's the million dollar question. Is how. Will the 2023 Bill season be remembered? Because right now it's being remembered as a year of disappointment, a year of what could have been with all the injuries, a year of potential change. Is the head coach getting on the hot seat? Is yeah, I think he's burning hot. Is Ken Dorsey uh, in trouble of losing his job? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's how will this season be remembered? I had a conversation with my brother about this just two days ago about – the 2023 Bills, I think, are better than the 2020 Bills. The 2020 Bills that won 13 games, went to the AFC title game. They were a younger team. I don't think this that team is better than this team. They were a little more but, exciting and but, unorthodox because but, of their younger age. But, but I fully believe that the 2020 Bills would dog walk this team. Oh, my God, yeah. Because that 2020 Bills team was having fun. You saw on their sidelines. It feels to me like the pressure of being at the hump and falling down the mountain instead of not falling to climbing to the cl- top. Climbing to the top. Yeah, yeah. I think has really worn on this core. It has. And I don't know how to fix it. I mean, listen, injuries are injuries. Everyone deals with them. Had the Bills the last two years gotten absolutely screwed with some people, major contributors being injured. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's have no they, question. Have they that. still been a decent football team the last two years? Yes, but still won 13 games last the, season with those injuries. So it can be. It can be done. It can. This is a team though that 
you're paying you're on your quarterback's co- second contract now. They're out like this is Josh Allen, forty three million dollars a year for the next six five well five after the season, mm-hmm. and, and they're probably going to give him another big contract after that. So I don't see him leaving the Bills unless no, but no, I'm not even getting into that. No, I'm just making no. a point of like it really feels like they kind of have missed a window and it is up to the bills now to open the second one as you said open the second one mm-hmm. as i as i alluded to is that is this a season and i think people are going to get really mad at me for saying this but no is this a season where it's like all right they're going to go 10 and 7 11 and 6 they're going to be an afc wildcard team and they get out in the second round what would your thoughts be if that was the season my thoughts would be i'm disappointed in that but now it's the question of, as you alluded to, is McDermott on the hot seat after that? Because you've had an all-star team that's championship caliber for the past five seasons-ish, since since they've really started rolling, and you haven't gotten anything done. You haven't been able to get over the hump. You're not the coach that's going to take them all the way. If that happens this season, his job is very much on the line. I'm I mean, telling they, you that right now. They just right gave him a contract extension. I think if they get to the playoffs, I don't think his job... I think if they miss the playoffs, I think his job is really hot. Really but, hot. But I'm saying going but, into like next season, we're going to have many questions at that point. Like, You know what I mean? Like, I think it just comes down to the situation of... I think there's some players in the core that need to be replaced. Mm-hmm. And they probably, instead of being super advanced thinking, probably held on to the core a little too long. Yeah. Um, to try and keep that same window open, unfortunately. I think you're. That the I, there. I think that's the problem with the Bills right now is that they had their window, and this isn't me being incredibly negative. I think this is me being truthful. Is that, is that I think yes. Is there a chance that the Bills make the playoffs and Josh Allen becomes Superman for four weeks and they win the Super Bowl? Yes. Can they still do it? Maybe. Is it likely? No. Mm-mm. And I think that's the realistic point that we have to bit get to at this moment of time is that we have to understand how are the Bills going to open the second window? How are they going to be able to retool? Now, Kansas City retooled, and Kansas City won the Super Bowl the year they retooled, which is a poor example. The, that's not that's, that's not realistic. Not in realistic. Situation. Yeah, that's not realistic. That Kansas City team was solid, and they still had the franchise. But that's what I'm saying about like with Josh is if, if we really believe that he could get to Mahomes level, Mahomes really did play really well, and they got the young guys develop a year. Mm-hmm. I just think this is a year where the Bills need to kind of punt on expectations a little bit. This isn't a team that I think has great chance to win Super Bowl or great chance. I'm not saying don't make the playoffs. I think the team's still gonna make the playoffs. But I think this is a situation where it's like if Dorian Williams is struggling, put Dorian Williams in. Is Dane Jackson struggling? Put Kyrie Elam in. Like, I think they need to start playing their young guys. Mm-hmm. And in the offseason, they have to have some incredibly tough conversations about getting younger defensively. They're, yeah, because you've got Hyde and Poyer back there. And Poyer, no offense, I don't think will be back next season. I mean, that's a name you'll see. Well, I think he has a year left, I'm pretty sure. I Does he? I thought he signed a two-year contract. I might be wrong. But, Maybe. I don't know. But I don't know it's exactly. a situation where they need to get younger defensively, and it may be a time, it may be a, chan- you know, a moment where they have to get new leadership in the offense. But I still have some belief that this team can somewhat turn around and be a dangerous team come playoff time. But... I think they need to take steps into understanding that there's not just a 2023 season, there's beyond. And they need to focus a little bit more on that right now 
and hope that the, the guys on the team can elevate the 23 team with all the injuries. Yeah. Uh, listen, I'm, I, I don't think you're being negative. I think you're being realistic. Um, expectations. I, 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 again, we have not lived through the four lost Super Bowls, right? A lot of the Bills fans are like Super Bowl or bust at this point because they've lived through four, four trips and seen them fall all four times, right? And this is a team that can do that, has shown they can do that, make deep runs into the playoffs. And who's who's to say, right? We, they could get extremely lucky. And like you said, Josh Allen becomes Superman again, whatever. But at the same time, like, you're probably going 11 and 6, 10 and 7, like you said. Um, you're already at three losses on the season, which is more than they were at at this point last season. Um, I, You got to lower your expectations a little bit. Kind of that scenario of expect, not disappointment, but just for lack of a better word there, expect disappointment and you'll never be disappointed. <laughs> that's that's where you have to go with, with the rest of the season at this point, right? Don't expect them to go through the hump or whatever because it, it clearly does not look like that at this point. There are many better teams in the AFC playing right now. And, um, well, never mind. I was going to say the 49ers, but they suck too. So, um I, just, I don't know. It's just I don't. Th- I don't think it's a realistic expectation to think they're gonna they're gonna jump the hump this year. Especially like you said, I 100% agree that 2020 Bills team, while younger and more like seem more explosive, they're having more fun. Would steamroll this current deflated team? That I don't know. I don't even get the same feeling watching games anymore. Do you like viewing how they are? Like it's just kind of like you feel like oh, just frustration on the sideline. There's no energy. Allen just kind of sits there a lot. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's not the same as it was a couple of years ago. It's not, and I, I agree with you on that. It just feels it feels different. It feels weird. Yeah, I, I think that's the best way to put it. That I mean, 2020 season, Dom. The, the, every game I sat down for, I'm like, the Bills could win this game. I mean, I, I still, I, you know be, I, mean? I still believe, I still believe they could win but, any game. But, here, but I don't have that same like excited feeling before he, every game he, anymore. Here's what it is, though. It's it's the belief that. This season is yes, I believe the Bills can win every game. I also believe that the Bills can lose any game. Yeah, I think that's We've a, seen that. that. That's a little bit of the difference is that the Bills play so down. It just I don't they know. It feels it feels it feels like the Miami game. I don't want to say it's a Super Bowl because that sounds really dark. But like the, how hyped they were, we just haven't seen them the last two weeks. So no. I'm hopeful Thursday short week. They get the job done. You get a mini buy. You get a little healthier. Josh rest the shoulder. You get a big time Sunday night football game. Let's get to five and three. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, I'm well. I had to say this too. Credit to New England because they really could have just. I mean, they played really hard. Uh, got up to nothing and had that belief, and they made the plays necessary down the stretch. After I mean, it takes a lot of mental toughness to blow that lead. With yeah, any game left, and to come back and drive down the length of the field uh, to win the game is credit to them. That was a great drive, and how wrong we were on our predictions too. <laughs> I just want to point that I know. out. I think everyone was wrong on their predictions. Patriots team that past three weeks has scored how many points total? Like I'm trying to think, under ten, about ten, something like something that. like that. But and you know they they put up twenty nine on the Bills, arguably. You know this not a Super Bowl favorite, but a contender in a lot of people's eyes, and um, it's a tough week. It's a tough week. It's a tough week, but listen, Tampa Bay is what got him back in it in the twenty twenty one season. 
Where this, they were getting killed at the first half, and then they came back in the well, second half. They went 7-5 on Super Bowl. The Bills were 7-6 and and 21, and almost seemed like they were the best team in the playoffs yeah. in 21. So you never know. Anything, really can, never ha- know. anything can happen, but mm-hmm. it's a situation where... Subvert your expectations. The first, bit. I think it's officially to say that the first window is closed. And the second window has a glimmer of hope, but uh, it's up to Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott if they're going to be the guys that are going to be here for a couple more years. It's really up to them to open that second window and give the give a, another real chance at it. Yeah, the blinds um, are open still. Okay, the blind you can see the Super yeah, Bowl. But I, one window closed, you got to just open the other one. I now. guess the most positive thing and Dom's five bonus take is that checking my pulse. I'm still alive, Joe. You're still alive. The Bills are still alive. I guess you can't argue with that. Can't argue with that, you know, man. It's still have a winning record. No, no. Hey, at least we're not but, like Miami. You haven't beat a winning team in f- over 400 they're five and games. Two. I mean, that's tough. They're f- I don't care yeah, about but, yeah, that. No, they, they can't beat a winning team. So but, uh, I, They I think, would dog walk us right now. I don't know. Next time we play them, I have the Dolphins winning. A little preview for that betting on the Bills. But I guess we'll see if, if us being alive is a good thing with being Bills fans. But, I mean... Maybe, uh, maybe uh, you know, palpitations. I feel like that, early but. early uh, death heart failure is definitely a, a possibility with this team. It just drives you insane. But it's sports, man. You got to love it. And transitioning, I think we're all good on the... You know, it's great. We get to suffer through this Bills talk. And we get to go into the Sabres and we get to suffer some more. Yeah, and we'll, like, recap, we'll recap the game, the Tampa Bay game, on betting on the Bills on Friday, too. So... Just ac- a live reaction, but yeah, the Sabers actually Yikes. brutal. Mm-hmm. Yikes! Um, listen, two and two is not a disaster week, but when you're at home for four games, when you already got off to an zero and two start, I mean they're two and four now. They have four out of the possible twelve points. You're at home against freaking Montreal on a on a, on a game one of a back to back. Yeah, kind of have to have that one. You get kind of dog walked by the flames i mean they have a really nice quality win against the islanders their best performance all year we went to the lightning game i mean that was another really quality performance from them so they that had was great yeah they had two really good amazing. performances I, they were bad against the flames it's just this team this team is just it's so infuriating it's so frustrating they're another team you know if you're looking at trends with Buffalo sports teams, I think this one's accurate as well. I just feel like they're overcoached at this point. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they're. I think they're thinking too much. You can yeah. see it in their brains. Um, they lose. I'm trying to blink who they. Well, I'm talk, I think they lost the second game of the year, and Eric Johnson goes, "Oh, we got to go to team defense." <laughs> it's like, honest to God, <laughs> six games in the year, the team defense. They're an average to above average defense right now. On yeah. Five. Yeah. They're they're PK. Has been outstanding. No, I mean, it has, and that's one one area where we were hoping would be outstanding, and it, it that actually has come to fruition. So that's, I guess, a positive. And you their know, goaltending but... hasn't been completely dog. It's no. the offense, and I think, listen, I think the glimmer of hope is this: eventually, <laughs> the top dogs are going to start scoring. Yeah, I mean, like event, like Tage has one, and like. Tage and Cousins, after their slow starts being paired together, like mm-hmm. they're coming alive. Like the last two yep. games. They've really been dominant. I think that goal that we saw from um, Cousins in overtime, yep. like I think that got, yep. I think that got him going. Darlene's coming alive. He's he's just physical though. He got that money and he is 
physical. His, I love his, it. His development is not just being an offensive defenseman, but just being an actually a elite shutdown defenseman. A tank. Be, yeah, I mean, a, like, you can't argue it. It's um, amazing. I think Clifton's been solid, yep. but, I mean, it just comes down to you need your stars to be stars. Mm-hmm. And Mitz, I think, has been good. Yeah, I mean, better than he was at the start of last season. I think we're only going to see him get better, you know. I think the problem... Greenway, fantastic, by the way. The problem, one. the problem with this team is this, is the fourth line has sucked. Yeah. Straight up. Oposo, yep. Gergensen's even Yost. You mean the fastest skater on the ice, Kyle Oposo? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, but they don't have anyone to help you scratch. No. Dude. That's not... Uh, this. It just seems like this team was a little mismanaged. I mean, they already mismanaged the goaltending situation, which I'm just going to allude to right now. It is incomprehensible to me <laughs> that Devin Levi started the first four games and now has a nagging uh, lower body injury. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, it's like, wow. You know what? Wow. A guy against a college goaltender really has not done the NHL schedule left. You know, schedule yet he played like eight or seven games last season. He played what? A, what? A seven? I think he was signed two seven, so seven games. Here's a thought: Let's play him the first four games. Right. Year. Well, while we waste a roster spot carrying three three goaltenders. Yeah. Like, whereas and Comrie, the last two games, Comrie has been the worst. He was he was really solid against yeah. Islanders last night. I think he was solid. He made some big saves. That second goal was a. That's just a tough goal to give up. Right. Especially because now you're losing. That's just a tough goal on his end to give up. But he's been really solid. And it's like, okay, like. Comrie's been, yeah, I, but I, like, I agree. Now we're going to, you, I mean, we're going to UPL tonight. But it's like. Yikes. Why are we carrying, what's the point of carrying three goaltenders if you're going to start a goaltender the first four games of the year? If you don't have trust in either of your back, two backups, you should have got a backup goaltender. This isn't that difficult to, mm-hmm. under, like, 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 if you just worded that out. Like we just did, you would have been like, you know what? That doesn't make any sense. You're right. right. Yeah. But you know what we're gonna do? We are a multi-million dollar company. We're gonna do that. Like, where does that? What logic are you making? There's on no that? logic. There clearly isn't. And the, I, I don't think you should be expecting anything too special out of UPL tonight either. I just want to point that out. I mean, the power, pre- the power play is broken. Yep. Um, it's a situation where I've been harping on this for years. Jeff Skinner, fantastic five-on-five player. Yep. Is not really good not play. good on the power play. Nope. Like he's a terrible passer, yeah. and you need puck movement and player movement and he doesn't do that he just he kind of just skates around with it and then gets it stolen from him no like, that's all you really see unfortunately but like Mills hasn't been bad crabs is like it's weird with crabs like crabs like i like what he's doing like on the ice but he's not producing any offense uh and then jj paterka is a situation where it's like this man needs to be playing more like this guy's getting like bottom five forward off like he needs to get be in top six minutes like you could like his his speed is a difference maker. You see it with him on the ice, and then he's also with Krebs and Olsen. It's like all right, well, this play is dead. Yeah. Um. So I want to see more ice time for um, a b- expanded role for Paterka. And I also just had to say this, like Alex Tuckman, like Jesus, like you bro hug Josh Allen. That's like your best moment of the year. Like, mm-hmm. like honestly, yeah, though, nice I'm not even though. like being sarcastic. He has not scored. I think he has like. One maybe two points. Two, I think two points. He has assists. been. Yeah. He has been awful with a capital A and multiple expert exclamation points after the L. Like minus really, his fight. That's the other only highlight. He's he has. been really bad. Yeah, and it's like one of the reasons why the top line had to get broken up is because like he was awful and he's like maintained being awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a situation where it's like okay, I think 
I think Skinner and Tuck should get split up, but I really like the Greenway Cousins uh, Thompson line. I do too. I like, listen. I think that's working. Um, I those Greenway being fully healthy this year has changed a lot of people's minds about him. Right? Last season they said, "Oh, we didn't. We we're not getting the Greenway that they wanted to see." This season, though. He's been cooking. I, he really has. And I he's a player I'm excited to see get more developed into this system the longer he's in it. Um, that top line does look, you know, I, I like the Cousins, um, Thompson, and, and Greenway. Like, that combination, I think, is going to lead to a lot of scoring when Cousins and Thompson really, really wake up. And you know what I mean? Like, go go from there. But, yeah, Tuck, unfortunately, I love the guy. Uh, you know, met his mom, unfortunately. Just not, not really... Uh, not really starting it off strong. Uh, well, I think that'll change, though. I think they'll they'll wake up and come through it. But. I mean, I've been looking at the stats, and you could. I mean, like it's obvious why they are losing. It is clear as day why they are losing. I mean, There's no pay, offense. Peyton Krebs, no points in six games. Yeah. Alex Tuck one one assist in six games. Tage Thompson one one goal in six games. I will say Thompson's getting plenty of opportunities. So I'm not even concerned with Tage Thompson because I think I think he's turned it on the last couple of games. He's mm-hmm. just getting. Just getting stopped. Like, for a dude as good as... Sh- I mean, he's shooting 3.4%. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's going to get to, this, like, 12... Like... He's he'll get there. It's he, fine. He's It'll be fine. fine. Yeah, he's fine. He'll be fine. He, that's what the difference between Tuck and Thompson, though, is. Like, both of them have one point, and both of them, like, if you look if you look at this, the score stats, would be like, wow, that's incredibly disappointing. If you look how they played, it's like, okay, like, Tage is at least getting opportunities. Thompson and Tuck can't stop fumbling the puck. <laughs> Yeah. It's unbelievable. Power yeah. of two points in six games. I would like a little bit more for power. I think he's been all right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, you have five points in six games for Cousins is solid. Six for six for Darlene. Skinner, three goals in six games is yeah. quality. But, like, it is just frustrating to me that your top guns are not playing well. And that's the why, that's the reason why, I mean, we're they're losing games. And um, Yeah, they're, I mean, they're two and four right now. It just leads, it just leads to this. There's hope in yeah. the fact of yes, your top like there's no way Tage Thompson what we're six games in. I mean, there's just no possible way. The way he, he continues this he, pace, he, there's no yeah. way like he he has what a twelve goal pace. No, I think that's what he's on. There's no way. I mean, twelve point pace at that point because he doesn't have an assist. Yeah, there's no way they keep that up. My frustration though is this: is that this mismanagement of the roster has really hurt the team. And I from this perspective. Them not adding a forward to replace Quinn, I'm like harped on forever. It's not even the fact of oh my god, I just see Victor Olsen play because Zach Benson is injured or that. It's like I have to see 82 games of Kyle Oposo. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's like, the problem. Wouldn't it make more sense to be like a dude that's on his way out in the next couple years? This right? year, like, this on. is his final year yeah. for sure. But like, well, I thought that's the last year. You said it last year. So but like, this is my situation with it. It's like, wouldn't it make more sense for him to play 60 games? 55 games? Right. Tell them to, hey, man, like, we're going to rest you 25 games. You're still going to be in the playoff roster, but, like, yeah. we want we want you to be fresh come March, and we want to make sure we have fresh legs and keep your legs fresh. He looks like he's in cement again. Yeah, I know. And it's like, okay, if you would have added a guy that could that could play a little bit, you would be in a situation where it's like, okay, we get healthy scratch up post, so, okay, we have, you know. And then, when, and then you add Jack Quinn back, and it's like, all right, we have 20 forwards. Guess what? That is a fantastic problem to have. Mm-hmm. Right now, it feels like they have too little forwards because of with Benson being out. They're kind of stuck on their 12 unless they want to get Kulika an opportunity or Rosine an opportunity, which I'm kind of 
four at this point. Yeah, I mean, you're two and four right now. This is the time to be doing that in the beginning of the season. I, I I'm kind of for against that at all. Uh, and then defensively, like I've liked Clifton, uh, Power and Sanderson been all right. Darlene's after I think a slow start offensively has started to pick it up, which is nice to see. But it also leads to a situation where Yoki Hari has been all right, but Eric Johnson has been really bad. And it's like, okay, like this is the situation where it was like, we needed a top four defenseman, and you give me Eric Johnson. Like, it's a goaltender situation. It's 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 really frustrating as a Sabres fan because this is a team that had a lot of expectations, and I do have to say some frustration for me is they constantly talk about playoffs. Yep, constantly. How many podcasts have I listened to of Tage, Dalene being like, we are a playoff team. You know, we are we were one point out last year. And you come in the season with the slowest start. You guys are so flat. There's like no energy. Like kind of like watching. If the you bills. guys like, mm-hmm. where's it's yeah. exactly like that. It's like where's the motivation? If you're so motivated, like, oh my god, we missed the playoffs by one point. If I would have made one more play in one game, we would be playing in the playoffs. And look what happened to Florida. Why have you come off so so flat the first six games? It just feels like maybe they put too much pressure on themselves. Also, this. You guys are saying you're a playoff team. You guys haven't even been to the playoffs. No, exactly. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah, like, no. It's you cool to get expect there to be a that. Team. It's cool to expect that, but you can't just announce, "Yeah, we're a playoff team." It's like, bro, you guys haven't made the playoffs yet. No. Like, you guys haven't earned that title yet, and I think that's the most frustration, frustrating thing. And it's also, listen, man, last year, all of us, we all gave so much crap to all those Detroit fans. And Ottawa fans about their team yep. signing all those contracts, making all those trades to help their roster and them falling behind the Sabres. Well, guess what? They did another back-to-back off-seasons. They've done that. Back-to-back off-seasons, we've given them complete crap for it. And look where they are. Like, I mean, like, it's just so frustrating to me where it's like this team just... I mean, look at look at Detroit. Detroit is 5-1. and one. Yeah. Ottawa is 3-2. and two. We play Ottawa tonight, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, that's a big game. Yeah. I, mean, it's, I mean, it's already a big game. I mean, I mean, listen, it's just it's it's frustrating to start a season like this. Like I said, it's it at this point we're watching two flat Buffalo sports teams play. The fun, it, the Sabers last season, they were fun to watch no matter what, right? They were joking around on the sideline with each other. Subban's brother was singing the national anthem. Remember it two years ago? I don't remember. It was but two years ago. It's just like. The that, vibes are gone. The that vibes are gone. sense of just dudes having fun playing the game of hockey and dudes having fun playing the game of football is gone. Completely gone. Where are the vibes? Where are the vibes? They're, they're, I'm not even going to say it. Are the, vibe, are the vibes dead? I'll say they're it. They're not dead. We need to resurrect The vibes them. are low. There are some low vibes no. going on right no, now. No, they're, they're on the floor. You're walking on the vibes. Like, it's just, it's, it's not where you want to be with either team right now. The Sabres have a longer season. 82 game season in the NHL. They've dropped. Four of the first six. That can be that can be changed, okay? I have more faith in the Sabres turning it around than I do in the Bills turning around based off of season length, first of all, and just what we've seen the, for a longer sample oh, time size. out, time out. I, I don't know about that. If you, who do I think has more, I have more faith in turning around to make the playoffs? Turning, no, no, no. Or turning I mean, around or, the vibes. I think it's the Sabres we're going to see before the Bills. You know what I mean? I mean, I get, I, I would somewhat agree with that, but I don't think there's been precedent. And there's no, there's no precedent with the Sabers of turning around vibes. 
Other than the last couple of years, they've increased the vibes because they've been playing like Montreal. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the just, Bills. You're yeah, not Joe. Joe. The vibes Joe, you're just not Joe. seeing on the the sidelines the, anymore. The Bills the, are the Bills are seven and six in 2021, and then they went on the run. Like they at least have precedent of being like they could do it of being really disappointed and then coming off. Like the Sabers, one well, the Sabers have never had that. Mm-hmm. Other than I guess if you want if you want to say last year and how they turned on hot, sure. I guess I guess that that could be a, a an argument, but. Who do I have more faith in? I don't even know. I don't even know if I have any. I don't. I don't. I don't oh my god! Uh, that, no I, faith. I don't think uh, that's wrong. <laughs> I have faith that the Sabers will turn around because I think their top players will start playing better. Yes. But my problem with the Sabers is that I think when their top players start playing better, I think the rest of the roster will then start hampering them again. Because mm-hmm. like you still don't have, know when Devin Levi is coming back, so we're we're gonna roll Comrie and UPL again. Mm-hmm. That's my point. Is like. And nothing's changed. So far, mm-hmm. so far, six games in, have you gotten fantastic goaltending? No, but have you gotten pretty much average goaltending? Yes. And have you gotten quality defense and PK? Like, they've gotten, like, their, their weaknesses last year have kind of, I'm not going to say fully become their strengths, but, like, they've improved upon. It's their top guns not playing well now. Isn't that, am I supposed to believe that when their top guns start playing that those improvements may dwindle a little bit? Mm-hmm. I think that's a real conversation. And, oh, right. And especially when... I'm going to have to watch UPL tonight, and I'm probably going to have to watch maybe Comrade UPL for the next week or two. I don't know when Levi's coming well, back. A lower body injury, undesignated return. And that's tough, for, that's tough for a goaltender, too. Yeah. That's important. So that's what I'm saying about I mean, this. UPL said a double hip replacement already. So I Yeah, mean, that's what I'm saying wild. about the Sabres, though, is that like it feels like their top guns not being ready to play for the season is really hurting. Now, again, 76 games left. I'm not all doom and doom. I still think they have an opportunity, and I think they will make the playoffs. But... The six games, it is frustrating. It's how a frustrating many, start. It is frustrating how many of those unanswered questions we had going into the year are still unanswered, or aren't answered, or lean towards a negative response. Mm-hmm. And it is a situation that could have been again, as I said, buy a five dollars piece of sandpaper, smooth off your rough edges. But no, they're just chipping away. At I mean, it. are we seriously gonna pretend that they couldn't have had a backup goaltender if Levi and had one of Comrie and UPL in Rochester and just called one up right now once UPL got injured, and you would still have a quality backup goal te- backup goaltender? That's what they should And someone done. says, and someone's gonna say, "Oh, who it is?" And I, I, you're right. I don't really have a. F- I'm not in the conversations. I don't think they should overpay for certain people. But like, it would have been, you know, like, I I agree with you. I do. And as much as people say, "Well, who are you gonna talk about?" It's kind of a situation of, does it matter? Like, just a decent backup goaltender. You know what I mean? Like, that's really it. And then Comrie, I'm fine with right now. He's doing all right. UPL's the question mark. That guy has the highest of highs, literally. And then he's ice cold. Like, the coldest you can get. He He's honestly, he's a, just frozen in the net half the time. Like, he doesn't even move. Like, I don't get it. I really don't. Yeah, so, if I do that 6'5", he plays like he's 5'10". Yes, believe I plays like a taller goalie than he does. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous to me. It's, it's, it's a situation where the Sabres need to... The Sabres are not a... Concern is not the right word. I think they are in crisis. Because starting six games... It's like DEFCON 2, DEFCON 1. I don't know. Is DEFCON 1? DEFCON 5 is the worst. Okay, I thought yeah, yeah, DEFCON yeah. 1 was the worst. I keep playing. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm reversed. But either way, reverse what I said. 5, five is the worst. worst. Okay. 5 is the worst. Okay. I would say DEFCON 2 is the right one. <laughs> I, I would say I'm concerned, especially because you had 5 of the first 6 at home, and you're 2 and 3 at home. And, it's not, and yeah, they've played a decently tough schedule, but it's a situation where... They need to get off to a better. 
for a season that has so much expectation, and how many times did we talk about them going 0-8 and, and 0-16 points in that stretch killed their chance to make the playoffs? Yeah, they dropped eight games And right here we are. I mean, to get to uh, the playoffs, you kind of have to get six points every five games. I mean, the first five games, they got four points, and right now they're 0-1 and point, 0 for 2 in points in their next five games. So... We'll see how they go. Looking at their schedule ahead, though, obviously they play tonight in Ottawa. That's a big-time game against a big-time rival. Mm-hmm. UPL is going to be in – well, yeah. I, just, I didn't have him fully confirmed that, but I would assume he's, he's in that. He's, he's rumored to be in net. That's, I guess, it's, pre, it's basically and then confirmed. They play in New Jersey on Friday, who's off to a really good start, and yep. at home against Colorado on, on Sunday. And then you play – I mean, we'll talk about it in the pod previewing it, but then you play back-to-back Philadelphia games and then – when do you the, wear the, the goat heads full time? Is the question. I don't know. Their schedule is tough. Their schedule this next week is tough, and then it it somewhat dips two games and it gets tough again. I mean, yeah, their schedule is really hot, tough the first month and a half, and that's why you can't be blowing regular season losses to at Montreal. Home to Montreal, no, it is as simple as that. You cannot afford to do that. And here we go. I mean, listen, you're at Ottawa, you're at New Jersey, you're home against Colorado. You, two and one. Can I, can I say two and one? I, I would say two and one as well. If you, I think if you I think me. you have to go two and one. I, I, you have to expect half the is loss. half is the wrong word. Half is the wrong word. To get the Sabres season back on track, they need to get four out of six points. Mm-hmm. It is as simple as that. They need to get four out of six points. It would be really nice if they could beat Ottawa and they could protect home ice. New Jersey is a really tough place to win, especially with how Lindy, my the man Lindy, is is coaching that team. I think they get five out of six. Actually, I think they go two zero oh, and one. Love to see five. I'll out sign up for that. Yeah. Listen, listen. We're in next next pod is what next Halloween Tuesday. Oh, it is on Halloween. Look at that. We had to dress up. Yeah. Do we wear costumes? Maybe. I don't know. I we'll don't know. we'll decide later in the week. We'll throw something out well, there. Was, <laughs> but listen, man, Halloween pod next week. We're gonna see the oh, Sabers make a nice graphic and everything. Saber, too. Sabers, Sabers, play on Halloween. Bills primetime game on Thursday. We'll talk about. Well, we're gonna talk about that on Friday. We'll see you and then that. But before we, are you done with the Sabers? Yeah. Okay. So who do you think is gonna be? I think Tage is gonna break out. I, I I would say Tage is gonna bust out now and like show his true Tage colors. I think I honestly. <laughs> what, what is his colors? What would what, if you had a color to define Tage? Black and red. <laughs> That Come on, good. like that, listen. That okay, I'm going to make an analogy here. Okay, Spider-Man Two just came out. Okay, mm. I'm playing Spider-Man Two. The symbiote's in it. The black suit. Very aggressive play, right? So Spider-Man Two came out in like the 2000s. Yeah, the PS5 game. <laughs> okay, Sorry. black suit makes Spider-Man very aggressive, very just violent, and a lot, a lot more aggressive. Let's just leave it at that. Okay, not getting into spoiler territory. The black and red Sabres jerseys are the symbiote for the Sabres, okay? It is. They become, they're just evil. Tuck, beaten into the ground. When does that guy get into fights? Never. Very rare. But no, just vengeance out there. You know what I mean? Like, come on. There has to come to a point where you're like, okay, this might not be a real stat, but let's take a look at the games won in the Goatheads. I think they went 10-1-1 last year. Yes, yes. They this year. So it's, it's... I think it's time for a, a, a permanent change at this point. I don't know. Come on. I, don't, I don't fully know about that because <laughs> that would take a lot of rebranding. But come on, you just got to spray the, paint saber tooth black but and red. Why? Instead. Why? 
are they up for those games and they can't be up for a division rival at home? I mean, it's it's yeah. it's, it's really mind-boggling. That's like the most mind-boggling thing for me about the Sabres. It's mm-hmm. like, why are you... It's the thing about the Bills. It's like, these two teams have big expectations. Why are you not up to playing your division rival in a big time spot for you in a game that you know you probably you need. need to win? Yeah, it's just it's so frustrating to me. But transitioning to yeah. a brief fantasy football brief. talk, yeah, um, it was kind of a division rival week in the fantasy football league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played uh, my brother Jeremy, uh, the producer played his brother Patrick, and uh, well, I guess our brother, but like, I mean, my point still, my statement still, your, your point still stands. Yep. And you played your brother Jake, so yep. it, was, it was kind of it was a sibling rivalry week, as one will call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, to and break, boy, oh boy, was it a rivalry? Uh, the three games were the most entertaining games of the weekend, and they really all came down in the last second. So, I'll briefly talk about. I, I, I'll just I'll I'll preview all three of them. I'll uh, I'll speak on mine. Okay, I'll let you speak on yours. So, okay, can I say? Yeah, the, you go ahead. The producer. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So, mine was a situation where I'm up by twenty seven. Going into Monday night, playing against Alexander Madison and Jordan Addison. Madison and Addison. I have Christian McCaffrey. I get the job done. I win by 12 points. Did it get heart-poundingly like, scary? Yes. Did I nearly have to take off my shirt because the piss were moist? <laughs> Absolutely. Because at one point, the lead from 27 shrunk all the way down to less than a point. Because Jordan Addison had that stupid touchdown. But... Fortunate for me, well, he had two touchdowns. The producers corrected me. I know he had two touchdowns. Uh, I lived through it. I'm just saying he had that stupid touchdown where he threw the, it should have been an interception. He got a 60 yard touchdown. But yeah, it was really intense. Uh, all I say about my game is that don't ever be the person, and he might be listening to this and he's going to punch me for this. Don't be the person <laughs> that says GG's. When it is not, oh, the game is not over. I hate it. Is my stigma in fantasy football. Unless you're, unless you're winning by 50 plus points. Unless like you, our one guy Greg in the league only scored less than hundred points. That's true. You know what that's I mean? True. Like, I that's, guess I, that's when you can lay unless, GGs unless, down. Unless you have the players left and there's no possible way for them realistically to come back. Don't GG me no. when you're only down by thirty and it's a two v one. Yeah. Now I know I have McCaffrey and McCaffrey McCaffrey, but like oh, pretty, don't pretty, don't don't, we'll do, don't, don't do that to me. Second yeah. game and then I'll swing it to you. Uh the producer Mooch gets off the snide. Uh, gets to two and five now, which is now tied for last place. But his team was looking up because of Mahomes Auto. Uh, Mahomes and Kelsey had big time performances for the lad. Uh, unfortunately for his brother Peachin, um, he had the man Bijan Robinson who had three tenths of a point because uh, he had <laughs> Cause a he was sick and no uh, one knew that before playing so him. So I guess for the listeners, let us know. But there's a situation where oh, this is big. This is good. Mooch, the producer, was up by a little over six points going into Monday night, and he had the Niners defense. Uh, Peachin, the other player, had no players left, so all Mooch needed to do was sit the defense, and he would get a win. <laughs> Mooch decided to play the sportsman-like gamesmanship. I don't know, not gamesmanship is the wrong word, but sportsman-like, you know. Very good. He's probably going to win that award now. The moral, uh, the moral compass. Moral high yeah. ground. Yeah. Uh, and played his defense, and his defense ended up getting negative three points, and there was a chance... With 11 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, his defense was at negative one, and the Vikings are driving, where he could have hypothetically, his defense, there was a defense, the Lions defense that got negative seven points, and he could have lost. So what would you do in that situation? I personally, 100% would have set my defense. I would have too. I would have also set my kicker. Those are my two positions I would have sat, because the kick, well, you know, no, I would have started my kicker. If I was up by six, I would start my kicker, because there's no way that a kicker misses six kicks. 
No, listen, I defense would have said the defense. Absolutely. That's too much of a My variable. question is to you then. Mm-hmm. Why, why didn't I set why, the, yeah. why didn't I set the Chargers <laughs> defense? Because I didn't think I would be in that situation, unfortunately. All right, I'll let you. So I played my brother going into Monday night. First of all, worked on Sunday, played DK Metcalf. I didn't see he was all of a sudden out, so that was a bro moment. And then we're going into Monday night, and my score is 98.2. And my brother is at 111, 112. I think he's at 112 point like 1, three or 112.3. So I'm like, okay, all I have left is Brock Purdy. That's an easy, that's, it's 20 points on a bounce back week against the Minnesota Vikings. That's an easy play. Joe Burrow was on the bye, so I couldn't play him. I had no choice. It's looking good through the third quarter. It's looking real good. I put down my phone to go finish the Spider-Man game and go to bed, do some homework, you know. Uh, after working, I wake up this morning. I see I lost by a point because point Brock Purdy threw uh, two fourth quarter interceptions. You're up by three points. I was up mm-hmm. by three points. Two fourth quarter interceptions. I was up one fifteen to one twelve when I went to bed, <laughs> and I was I lost one eleven to one twelve in the morning. So that is the uh, that that was the. <laughs> The, the roughest spot there, unfortunately. Uh, the, the toughest move was you playing the Chargers defense. and then Well, unfortunately, I didn't go pick up another defense. And the Chargers against the Chiefs, I was thinking divisional rival. They might play him tough. That's how divisional games work. Did not happen. They were at first. They were playing well you, at first. And if you would have pulled the Mooch, you done. Benched, just sat the defense. You would have won. won by 200th of a point. Yeah, yeah. So um, maybe, that- you know what? Maybe I just won't play a defense for the rest of the year. That's your penance. That's my penance. Maybe I won't play a defense for the rest of the year. Listen, we'll see what it's, definitely, it's definitely a tough loss. Tough loss in the program, but you had a good game from Jameer Gibbs. Listen, your, te- all your, I know, your team's coming around. My team's coming around. Guys are getting off their buys. Achain will be back in a couple weeks here. Um, that'll be big. And um, th- you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna label the fraudulent scumbag of the week because I was called that as a joke last night. But, <laughs> By me. I mean, our boy Greg... Can't can't score more than a hundred points in a game. It looks like I, he was at what was he at seventy four? Is that what he maxed out seventy one? Yikes! That's even worse than I thought. So jeez, I think he had ninety two last week. He had ninety. Yeah, he hasn't been able. He's like the Bills. He hasn't been able to score points. Unfortunately, it's been a so. t- it's been a tough sledding for Greg. It's, yeah, he kind of went from number one overall to last. Is he last? Uh, tied for last. I Actually, think, I think he's dead last. He might be dead last. Well, of points four. Oh, yeah. But, again, as we allude to in the Tim Hortons punishment, even if you tie for last, you still, have to, you still have to go. There's no points to breaker, which is why that loss is going to be tough to swallow. But if before we head out, I will, I will say you being 2-5 and five is tough. But I It's feel, only this league, too. I feel like, like It's ridiculous. I, I feel like your team will turn around and... I'll be able to escape last place, I think. I think I think so. I think I you know what? Unfortunately, I'm going to pick who's last at this point in the season. It's I'm sorry producer, it's either you or Greg at this point. That that the track record Dude, that, you just dropped a Mooch just dropped like 140 points. I know defense. that, but look at look at the past 3 weeks. He went what were you? What were you what were you 
projected for before? Oh no, I think I think that I think the producer is average going to get 128 points. I think the producer is going. to I think be honestly, fine. Jeremy might slip all the way to the bottom. Jer's in He's trouble. He's a very fraudulent team. Jer's in trouble. I think Ginger had a good week this week, but the last couple of weeks he was struggling. He's only three and four. So and especially with Ford being out long term for him. Yeah, I got Adam Thielen. Is a massive him. injury for him. <laughs> what a good trade on my end. Overcome. Huh? He's probably going to trade for running back, but. It's gonna be interesting. That's all, that's all I gotta say. It's, yep. gonna, it's listen, fantasy football, boys, boys. We are officially halfway through the fantasy football fourteen weeks season. We are three people tied for last place. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's getting. And good. it's not me. It's no. not me. Without that's further ado, though, that's gonna end it for this edition of the Buffalonian podcast. Tough edition of the Buffalonian podcast. Yeah, really rough one. So if anyone's listening out there and have some thoughts, feel free to let us know on the social medias and. Um, we'll be sure to address it because I think we're all kind of thinking the same thing, similar things. So if you got a hot take, though, let us know. We'd love to talk about it. Thank you to the producer, Mooch, everything you do. Um, Tom, how do you always end these, buddy? Go Bills, baby. Go Bills. We'll talk to you Friday. We'll see what happens with the Bucks game. Go Bills. <laughs>